It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, and welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. It's Thursday, April 9th. My name is Lincoln Shrike. Joined today by Gordon Mack. Gordon, how are you doing this morning? A little jealous, uh, as your voice now sounds so much better than mine. Kevin already sounded better than both of us, but now you have upgraded to the Kevin level, and now you and Kevin have professional mics, and I'm still living off of the uh, the computer mic. So I'm a little jealous. Yeah, he dropped it off yesterday. We practiced social distancing so we talked in my driveway for about 10 to 15 minutes about various things we've encountered in this uh quarantine time it's fun to catch up it was really hot yesterday in austin so we're kind of just sweating from like 10 feet away uh he brought his son over my son and his son are very good friends however they couldn't play together and uh so that was frustrating for my son he just kind of stared at at kevin's son and uh his son was kind of also confused and he uh was playing with a tree in our front yard because that was the only shade we have and it's a very small tree and so my son just watched him pick at leaves on the tree for about 10 minutes and he was lightly complaining saying that that was his favorite tree and we were like it's gonna be okay because <laughs> he's not he's not tearing apart the tree so it was an interesting time but yes long story short i uh have this microphone i've got to learn how to use it because I don't want to scream into it now that my audio hopefully is going to be a, a lot stronger. But yeah, uh, excited for this. You should be jealous. This thing is pretty fancy. Yeah, I am jealous. I, I'm jealous of every word you speak uh, because <laughs> it sounds so picture perfect clear. Uh, or what's it? Audio, what's the version? What's, what? How do you say picture perfect, but for audio? What's that? Crystal clear. That's it. Crystal clear. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so we've gone from clear as mud to, yeah, crystal clear. Do have a few updates? Uh, I, we did get another email from another user asking about where Shoe King is. How come Shoe King isn't on Netflix yet? Uh, if you're listening, I won't say the person's name out loud, but if that person just emailed us is listening, we can tell you it was an April Fool's joke. The actual date that it's coming out is tomorrow. 
uh, we lied about Friday being because the joke was the date that we said. We said the wrong date. We really meant this Friday. So that was the April Fool's joke is that we Mm -hmm. lied about it being the first Friday of April. We really meant the second Friday. So tune in 24 hours. You'll get to watch Shoe King, Miles, Millimeters, and Mischief. Is that that the first? Yeah. And they actually had to go back. Yeah, they had to go back and re-edit some parts of it. The uh, the Ingerbritsen parts, they like mixed up some of the twins. And so they had to go back and, and recut last minute, you know, tinkering with the, the whole film. But I think they've got it all sorted and it'll be ready to go for tomorrow. Yeah, it should be good, ready to go. Also, I got a, an Instagram DM from a, a listener asking me to do a Philadelphia sports-themed podcast. And unfortunately... Okay. Uh, you're, you would probably, I, I, I told them that unfortunately Lincoln is a Chicago guy. Kevin is mm. a, I don't know, type of guy. What sports does Kevin like? He's, he's so weird. You know, he's, he's, he's weird the San Antonio. He's the, I mean, San Antonio Spurs are his one team. And then he kind of loosely follows by the, uh, the gusts of the wind, some other teams like the Dodgers somewhat. And then I guess Oregon sports. Cause he went to Oregon. And then that's uh, so weird. Know. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin know. needs to align his priorities correctly with his sports fandom. Like, you need to have one city, four teams, and you're done. Listen, I, I'm sure some on? of my people. Yeah. Oh, go go go. I, I, uh, if any of my friends from back home, they're not track fans, but we're listening. They they know my rant on this, and we are aligned on. Uh, me and you are aligned on this. I wholeheartedly agree i think you need to pick a city it doesn't mean you have to be from that city i mean obviously that helps but i i do think aligning yourself with one city makes the most sense i mean there's nothing worse than the people who are who are your favorite teams oh well i like the lakers the yankees the Patriots. i mean it's just like those people just like you're not allowed to root for a team so i think to be the best version of a sports fan you do need to have a city. Now, you can argue for Kevin, if you're San Antonio, they don't have any other sports. So I can see where maybe he can get away and there's some exceptions. But I, I, I would agree with you. You need to find a city and and put yourself in, in all of those teams. So be city first and teams second because it's just it, – it, it, it rings hollow when you're trying to tell me that you are fans of the Patriots and the Yankees and the Lakers all at the same time. That's just that's clearly bandwagoning bandwagon uh, fandom. The 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 fans that most confuse me, like you said, not, aren't the ones who are fans of like the popular teams all over the country, but they're just fans of like four random teams. Mm. Like they could be, oh yeah, I'm a. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I really love the Portland uh, Trailblazers. And then, you know, I really am into the New Jersey uh, Devils. You know, and then, like, I'm also a really big fan of, like, the, I don't know, the San Diego Padres. You're like, all right, who is Mm -hmm. this person? Why are they a San Diego, Miami, Portland, New Jersey fan? What is going on in their family? Like, how many divorces had to happen for them to move (laughs) to four different cities? for them to be a fan of all like it's just like a yeah i mean it's just weird i mean i i've met someone who had like really weird one-off fandoms and i'm just like what's going on our own colleague yeah. our own uh, former colleague adam ostrick he was a, a iowa hawkeyes fan okay makes sense he's from iowa 
from Iowa, but he went to Drake. But yeah. he's also a Cowboys fan and a Celtics oh. fan. Yeah, that's brutal. Made, I mean, they don't have any teams, but that's tough. But Adam did get on to uh, – Adam Mostrike, for those who don't know, is former colleague. He used to be one of our graphic designers, worked at FlowTrack for three or four years. Uh, but he actually called into the Dan Patrick show, and he removed his allegiance to the Cowboys and officially became a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which is very convenient oh. to become a Kansas oh. City Chiefs fan after doing a Super Bowl. But at least he's not a Cowboys fan, so I, I accept it. You know, I, well, I allowed it. As an my, fan, my, I was like happy. Yeah, well, my corner of the world being from Missouri and not being a Missouri sports fan, that's, that's disgusting because – I grew up with the Chiefs, and obviously they hadn't won a Super Bowl until this past February, at least in my lifetime. But I always made fun of them. Me and my friends used to always make fun of them for their colors being McDonald's. They looked like they were sponsored by the Big Mac. And my friends used to make fun of them. And then after college, they all moved to Kansas City, and they become became bandwagon fans. And now they have, they've got like season tickets, and they go to all the tailgates. And I'm like... Remember our childhood when we used to make fun of them for being bad all the time and losing in the first round of the playoffs? It's just it's just the way people I, change, you know. It's disappointing. Just, Lincoln, I think we're just seeing the bitterness of you realizing that you drafted Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. Hey, it's, the, it's Nick Foles era. That was. We're moving on to the Foles era in the Shrike household, okay? So okay. I, uh, okay. I don't want to hear about it. Okay, should we talk about track and field? I guess we can maybe make an attempt to talk about it. They're, we're still dealing with the well, athletes upset about the qualifying window for the Olympics being, I guess, suspended until December 1st. Some athletes upset. Some people saying it makes sense. Uh, you weren't on the podcast yesterday to talk about that. What were your thoughts of World Athletics suspending qualification until December? Uh, I mean, they left... The, the note, the press release that they relayed left an option for them to change their mind if things change. So at least that's yeah. good. Like, hey, all of a sudden, the, you can now, August 1st is a new start time. You can get entries. Uh, I don't think it was necessary. This idea that, like, all these athletes are going to be, like, super upset that, like, there was a random time trial in Fiji because they didn't have any virus going on there. It's like, come on. Like, Also, like a majority of like the good athletes are going to get the standard, already had it in 2019, would get it sometime in you know early 2021. Um, I mean, the main thing is like someone that like you're talking about how like it affects like the marathon season, right? Because all those September and October marathons and November now won't even count. If they get if they get held, uh, now obviously it doesn't affect Americans, doesn't really affect East Africans because they're all going to be fast enough. But like one athlete that I thought of that it would affect again isn't going to affect someone who's going to medal or even be top ten in the marathon, but someone like Alexi Pappas of Greece, who is kind of one of those bubble athletes who's trying to like improve their world ranking or try to get a fast enough time. You know, now there's no point for Alexi to race in any of those fall marathons because it will do, do nothing for her that she just now has to wait till you know run the houston marathon again in january basically but it's a really small find out group small group of people that it, it, it hurts 
but I also right. think it's a small group of people that it helps. Like it doesn't really, it's just like, I think it's, this is what it reminds me of in quarantine, our emails, everyone's email junk email has gone skyrocket through the roof. Every single company <laughs> that I bought a product from or in the past three, four years has sent me an email with a letter from the CEO talking about how they're taking this seriously. And I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry, but like, I don't need to be told like that, like, I don't know what's, I got some really weird ones that like, they have nothing to do with quarantine and they're like, like yeah. Nabisco, like, Hey, we're not trust us. Our cookie manufacturers are taking this seriously. It's like, stop it. You're on the Nabisco email list. You're on the Nabisco email list. I think I entered a contest once and I'm still getting <laughs> emails about like their new cookies and stuff. <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? It's like all, all, every CEO says like, we need a statement. It's like, no, you don't. We get it. Like you're closed yeah, yeah. or we get it. Like you're mm. locked down like everyone else. And I feel like the world athletics was like, we need a statement. All right, mm. let's shut down qualifying. Because like, but they don't need to do that. Like why? Sh I don't, you're not, no one, there's not going to be a situation. I'm sorry, but there's really not going to be a situation where someone is like going to, like create an infectious outbreak because they were going out there trying to run 334. Like the number of people who are trying to run 334 in the world is like who have capable of run 334 is like less than a hundred people in the world of a billion. And of those hundred people, probably a bunch of them already had the standard. And of those hundred people, they're probably like not fit enough or like, so like this, like, world where like we need to prevent these athletes from attempting to get standards is like they're not going to attempt and if they do they'll attempt in a situation that is like don't again attempt at track meets where they're allowed to do it right it's you can't right i can't just be like i want to go get a official time like in order for me to get an official time i need a timer a venue and all this stuff and none of that will get approved unless the government approves for an event to happen, right? So this idea that like athletes will go rogue and risk health in order to get standards just isn't a thing that's going to happen. So I was like, this is yeah. an unnecessary thing, hmm. you know. Maybe I think we'll athletic, they just needed I mean, some what content. I hope, Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. They needed content. Yes, exactly. They yeah. needed a statement. Seb Co mm -hmm. had to act like he's leading from the front on this issue by be like, look at me. I delayed entries until December 1st. It's like, ooh, wow. cool. You know, and then, yeah. So I think it was just all a bunch of nonsense for nothing. Anyway, that's my opinion. Um, do you think that this signals World Athletics basically saying that there's not going to be any, you know, Diamond League meets this year? Is that is that their kind of their way of saying this? Do, do, do you feel like it's a stronger indication that there's not going to be any Diamond League meets? I think the Diamond League meets will be canceled on a rolling schedule. And they'll be canceled based off of a certain time frame out. They're going to wait probably six weeks out from the next Diamond League before they cancel it. I think they're just going to – there's no need to cancel – the August 31st Diamond League on April 9th. Like, there's just no reason for sure. it. So I think they're just always going to cancel six weeks out because 
no one's really buying a flight beyond six weeks from sure. these events, you know. And I just think that they're gonna. They're, there's, I mean, it's what the NBA's doing, right? The NBA isn't canceling the season; they're just gonna continue to push it back and keep pushing it back until the reason to push it back starts becoming less and less of a reason, and all of a sudden we have it. I just think it's like, you know, and like I was listening to your pod and everyone is talking about like, we should just like cancel 2020 and go right to 2021. But like, that's the same thing as saying like, why all of a sudden, like the idea that we think 2021 is going to be a good time for us to run, but like September isn't like, we just are, we're making the same projections that 2021 is good. The same way we're making the same projections that September, 2020 is bad. Like we're, it's all based off of like, we just think that because the calendar has a different year at the end, all of a sudden the virus is, is gone. And we right. just, you know, I think we don't know. And like, I don't think, I think it's just as stupid to say everything's going to be fine. Oh, that's it. It's just as stupid to say everything is not going to be fine in September of 2020 as it is to say everything's going to be fine in January of 2021. Like you're both making an assumption in each direction. Yeah, I, like we just, I guess. Like why are we most this, likely? Yeah, but why? Where do, where did our brain make the cutoff that when the ball drops in Times Square on December 31st, all of a sudden like things are cool now? You know. So that's what I think. I, I think, you know, that's I'm like, yeah, we're all making projections on both ways. So models about how the virus may progress and what people are saying, but no one really knows. I mean, there's no guarantee yeah. that the Boston marathon is going to take place in September and um, no, no one knows. It's just the way, I guess things like this typically run their course. I know this is unprecedented, but no, yeah, you're right. No one really knows. And it's all premature. It's better to wait and just get it closer to the date than just wipe everything out. But yeah, I, I I'm not really, I don't know. I don't have any other information for you. Uh, Prefontaine Classic is the next one on the docket. If it's six weeks, we got a couple weeks until that announcement is made. That one feels inevitable to be postponed or to be canceled for 2020. Um, but yeah, we'll find out if they if it's going to stick to December 1st or if some things start to return to normal around the world and we can they can move the the date and because it it would feel strange if they true truly return to diamond league competition and you know most of the world had access to going to the meets and then they said still stead olympic qualifying is is suspended until december it was interesting because i just looking at christian taylor because ryan interviewed him for the site they had kind of were proud of how much communication they had talking with the governing bodies and the powers that be about olympic postponement and then World Athletics comes right back and doesn't really consult with the Athletics Association or the Athlete Association. And there was some frustration from Christian Taylor and Emma Coburn, two athletes who don't have to worry about Olympic qualifying. They've already knocked those out, but yet they were frustrated that there was no communication with them. So still having issues in that department with athletes and then the governing bodies maybe not being on the same page, but I don't see too much of a reason to be upset about this because I don't think, like you said, it's going to affect, it's not going to have tangible impact on athletes that are going to be um, 
factoring into the medal discussion. Of course, there's thou- you know thousands of other athletes who aren't going to medal, uh, um, who just want to be a part of the Olympics, and I get that. But I don't think this is a huge, huge deal. I think the athletes just want to be in the loop with everything, which is why you see medal contenders like Christian Taylor and, and Emma Coburn, who are trying to be a voice for every athlete in, in track and field, as you, you, you see and hear them coming out against this this decision without any collaboration from world athletics okay and and i and i even think even if in a, in a crazy world where like what's like a situation like ryan hill right he doesn't have the standard right and imagine yeah. like august 30th he goes to the portland nike track with bowerman and things are dying down in america and he goes out there and runs the standard and then he doesn't have the standard all the way through, you know, 2021, and he makes the team. I really think USATF will be like, hey, World Athletics. He ran 13.05 on August 28th. Let him in. And they'll be like, okay, you're in. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, That'd be a uh, risk. That'd be definitely a risk. But, yeah, anyway, that's what I think. You mentioned uh- – you mentioned August thirtieth. Was that a was that on accident or is that just a date popped in your head? Well, I'm just thinking like end of August, like because that's no. when they ran. Then they run that Portland five k like September fifth yeah, yeah. or like that's end just, of August. Yeah, August thirtieth is my birthday, and uh, it's it's oh, my really? golden it's my golden birthday. That'll be my thirtieth on the thirtieth. So, anyways, that's all. That's all. Just think. I had my golden just, birthday on the thirtieth as well. Oh, that's right. That's that's December thirtieth on the thirtieth. Perfect. Well, you're turning okay. 30. So, yeah, yeah, reluctantly. But um, anyways, okay. So the main topic of this podcast is we've riffed for a variety of things now to start out the first few minutes. Uh, I just wanted to, in general, highlight and talk about things in track and field that just maybe don't make sense when you first hear about them or look, about, look at them uh, and things maybe you'd have to explain to casual viewers so there's plenty of that in track and field with so many events and things maybe even that I or you have observed in the sport events that don't make sense and that we've never had the questions answered. We've just kind of been forced to go along with it. And so maybe people don't are listening and don't know exactly what we're talking about. So we'll kind of just get into the topics. And the thing that first popped in my head when I was conceiving of this topic approximately five minutes before we started, uh, the triple jump. Now, the long jump makes sense, but the triple jump, why did they go from, I guess you could call the long jump the single jump, to the triple? Why is it not the double jump? Do you have any inf- information on this? Have you thought of this? Do you know why? I, I know not- triple jump isn't your favorite event, but why is it the triple jump? So I, I, I guarantee you Christian Taylor could probably tell us the reason why and us uh, ignorant non-triple jumpers are going to look stupid mm-hmm. for that, knowing the actual reason that triple jump exists in the history of track and field. Uh, but from a, just like a, from the non, like in the no track community from the outside, it does kind of be weird that we only have, we have a single jump and a triple jump, but not a double jump. It does mm-hmm. kind of not make sense. And I agree. Uh, I think maybe they thought like, they wanted to have the like the lengths of triple jump be much farther than single jumps. I don't know. 
Listen, maybe, I know that field yeah. events, they're based on like ancient, I think Greek things and they're, you know, they're meant to resemble things that happened a long, long time ago. And I'm sure that has something to do with it. But every time I watch the triple jump, I think their first move, it looks like they've like torn a muscle. It's like that. It's like an awkward like leap in the middle. It's just yeah. if you're watching it for the first time ever and you have no idea what you're watching, you're like, what just happened? Is that like somebody's weird long jump technique? It just it doesn't like so I, I'm always impressed because it's so technically difficult. But it's an event that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you've been conditioned to seeing it for years and years and years. And I just think that the double jump is an event neglected. Maybe I would have been the world's best <laughs> double jumper. Like it's just speaking of what ifs, like we did in the first couple pods this week. I mean, never had a chance to try the double jump and I, I could have been a, a or maybe a, you know, a quad jumper. I could have been either one of those. Who's to say what? we couldn't just hop, skip and jump all the way down the runway. And that could have been my event. I just think it's a missed opportunity. Like who would win a double jump competition? Prime Carl Lewis or prime Christian Taylor? I mean, I think the more jumps you add, the more it benefits Christian Taylor. I would always choose him, but yeah, I mean, Carl or, or, uh, who's our, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping, uh, who's our, uh, long jump world record holder. I, I, I it's off the top of my head, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Does it benefit? That's that's the op. You know, that'd be a cool event to meet in the middle there. You'd have some triple jumpers, and we finally get to see Mike. some of those guys competing against each other. Yeah, Mike Powell. Mike Powell. Sorry, I knew Mike, and I I don't know why I want to say Gibson. I I, I just I don't know. I think <laughs> Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson looks like a jumper. You know, I think of his home run in that World Series for the Dodgers. I'm like that guy. That guy's got jumper written all over him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah. I, that's that is weird that we don't have a double jump. Those events to 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 mix. It is weird we don't have a double jump. I I agree. Agree. I mean quadruple jump. It's kind of like all right. When do you end it? Right. When do, you know? Pretty soon we'll have like quintuple jump. I think. I mean, my real issue, my real thing is just to don't, there should only be one horizontal jump because that's all you need to see one horizontal mm -hmm. jump. But that's a whole another debate. Uh, but yeah, it is just funny how we don't have a double jump. I'm sure there's an actual reason, and we are ignorant and naive and not know the actual reason, but we have this podcast, so we need something to talk about, and you yeah, coming up yeah. with there not being a double jump is a good argument. Hey, why do we have a single and a triple but no double? You know, when you go to, you know, when you go to In-N-Out, you know, they have a single burger, they have the double, and they have a triple. So, like, if, if McDonald's and all these burger joints can have a double, single, and triple – why can't exactly. track and field? Right. Right. That makes sense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at you. Ready for this next okay. one? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. The weight, of a, the, the weight of a men's shot put. Okay. So to, for context, I'll say the weight of a women's shot put is four kilograms. Okay. Four. Mm -hmm. It's a round number. Kilograms. It's 8.8 .8 pounds, but we let, whatever. We live in the metric world. Four kilograms. Yeah, yeah. The weight of a men's shot put is 7.26 kilograms. And you're like, well, that's a weird, that's not a round number. So maybe yeah. they did the weight in, you know, standard measurements. The weight in pounds is 16.01 pounds. Hmm. 0.01. What are we doing here? Man, they just couldn't shave off a little bit of steel there. 
Yeah, so it's either 16.01 pounds or 7.26 kilograms. Neither are around solid numbers. Why isn't it just seven kilograms? That's a good question. Maybe the maker of the initial shot puts was not very accurate. And perhaps they said, perhaps they made all the women's shot puts first. And then they said, well, whatever you have left will be the men's. So he just rounded up, he or she, the original maker of the shot put, rounded up all the steel or whatever the shot put is made of that they had, clumped it all together, and it made 7.26 kilograms. And they're like, good enough. It's a little extra heavy, but it'll work. Or maybe he thought it was seven kilograms and his scale was off, right? But they already started mm -hmm. using it in competition and they didn't want to invalidate those throwers' marks. So they say, hey, we'll just run with it. And then for hundreds of years, we just have, I guess, almost over, 100, over 200 years. Started in 1896, I believe. 1896. Uh, so for over 200 years, we just been dealing with it. Hmm. So no, 1896, that's 100 years. Sorry. I'm, I'm not doing yeah. math correctly. Over Did you say years. 200 years yeah. right now? Yeah. No, Close. 100 years. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, 7.26 kilograms that. doesn't make sense. I'm learning things. I'm learning things on this podcast because I didn't know how heavy each, each shot was. Yeah. I just Googled it because I had a feeling that I guarantee track and field's weights of their different throwing elements are probably really random weights. And we are like, why did they choose this? So mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. But again, I could be okay. naive. There could be an actual real reason for it. That could be like, they've proven that if a shot put is seven kilograms, it just doesn't work or something. I don't know. But hey. The lighter, the better. I mean, if, if you're asking me, the lighter, the better. If I'm doing a shot put, I'm going to hollow that sucker out and make it like a like a heavy softball and just throw that thing overhand. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it's yeah. I mean, that's what the javelin's for. So, mm -hmm. throw something. Okay, there. there you go. My next question: Why in in the in the U.S. in high school do they run the 1600 and the 3200 versus the one and two mile? Like it's nine meters. It's not like it's like too hard for officials or high schoolers to understand. You start them nine meters back, or if, you know, the two mile, you start them eighteen meters back. What everyone calls it the one mile and the two mile. I mean, officially it goes down to sixteen hundred and the thirty two hundred. But in college, indoors, it's not like they run the sixteen hundred, and obviously they run the three k. But why in high school do we do this to ourselves? Do we say it's the one mile? Oh, no, 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 it's not. It's the 1600 and it's the 3200. That never made sense to me. Why do we do that? I think it's because most local high school tracks don't have, didn't have the ability or don't care to have the ability to measure out exactly where the extra nine meters are. Because it's not exactly nine meters more, it's a nine point whatever meters. No. So I think. Uh, all these track manufacturer makers on all these local high school tracks were like, hey, we don't want to deal with why do we pick, why make one event complicated where all the other events are clearly marked on a track, whether it's divisible by 100, you know, 100, 200, yeah. 400, 800. Uh, they didn't want to do 1500 because we're America and we're like, hey, stay away from metric. 
Uh, and I just think that it was – I mean, actually, I know the real reason now that I think about it. So tracks, okay. I think in olden days, it was it was called like the one-lap race, the two-lap race, the four-lap race, right? I and like when that. they Simple. Yeah, when they made it super like when they when they converted I mean it used to be a mile like cuz tracks used to be 200 yards I guess. Yeah. Or no, 400 a, a yards. Lap used to be an actual quarter of a mile. Right? But yeah. then that became complicated and then over time they wanted to switch to metric cuz that's what all it was internationally of like a 400 meter track not a 440 yard track. And I think yeah. once all the the standard track lengths were 400 meters and not 440 yards uh they just wanted to keep it simple and i think high school is a time to keep it simple and it's simple to run 1600 meters it's not simple to run 1609 meters and that's why i guess maybe we could change it i mean we don't have to keep things just because things used to be one way in the past we can always change it i don't know i'm here well, I'm sure that me and the folks that bring back the mile would be happy with the mile being the race in high school going forward. Yeah, well, the, the main issue is high school track and field is governed by 50 different governing bodies that don't even know what track and field is, right? Because they're state Good. associations. And those state associations yeah. are focused on planning the football tournament and planning the basketball tournament, and planning all this other stuff. They're just like, oh, yeah, we got to do track, too. It's not their priority. Like, track is 1% of what they're thinking about on a day-to-day -day basis. And mm -hmm. they don't feel the need to change it. And whereas the national governing body for track and field uh, for high school, the NFHS or whatever, or mm -hmm. the where they do New Balance, right? They do a mile. They don't do a 1600. And I think they do a mile right. because – they're, they're able to figure it out. Whereas the Alaska State Association, I guarantee you zero people on the Alaska State Association board know anything about track and field. So they're like, That's tough. Oh, yeah, we got it. We keep doing it. That's why. Calling out the it last frontier. That's rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeez. I have one. Okay, I, I gotta, okay you have one. Go ahead. Because I got one after you. Maybe we'll, we'll I mean, this, I think we know, we know why it is. But why is the marathon distance a thing? And why did we make it 26.2 miles? I know it's because it's the distance from one place to another, and that's the history of it. But, like, why couldn't they just be like, let's call it a 25-mile race or, you know, what or 20? You know, like, why do we have to pick – why do we have to make a marathon not an actual, like, true measurement? It's like a weird measurement. It's a made-up measurement. Jeez, right? Gordon, have some respect for for Philippides. The guy just rolled over in his grave. Come on, it's the distance that homeboy ran when he was trying to uh, let's see, message from messenger from the Battle of Marathon to Athens. He was reporting the victory to the queen, and the queen famously was that extra point two. You know, he ran in. It was the distance that the that the Greek soldier ran Philippides to report no. the the victory in the Battle of Marathon. That's you just stupid. dishonored a famous Greek soldier. How dare you? But why are we judging an athletic feat on like like some random historical story? 
we all love good stories, okay? And the man died for this. No but other like, event why, has such honor. But why then we shouldn't change all track and field events to, to be connected to some story like, oh yeah, it's not the hundred meter dash, it's the the like uh the you know Springfield dash because in Springfield, Illinois, back in eighteen hundred, some guy ran across the street to get McDonald's. And it was about 100 meters. And so now we call it the Springfield Dash. And we're going to do that for every event. Every event is going to be tied to some random historic historic event from 200 to 1,000 years ago. And, you know, screw, like, having actual measurements. Let's just make all these fake measurements based on stories. And, like, why, like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Why is every other measurement an actual measurement and marathon isn't? It's a story. You're running a story and not a measurement. That's a good point. Um, well, right. a couple things I got to correct here. Uh, one, if you're talking about Springfield, you need to make it Missouri. Let's get that corrected. Okay. Shout Sorry. out to the hometown. Two, 1800. I don't think there were any McDonald's, so I don't think any guy's going to run over it. 100. Three, no one's ever, well, I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone's ever died running 100 meters and someone has, the first person to run a marathon officially died afterwards. So you get an event named after you if you're, if it's so epic or you, you get, you, you get an event officially declared one specific distance if you die at the end. Okay. Um, oh, all right. How about this then? All right. Let's go back. The 100 meter dash should be named after some Greek warrior who was running away mm-hmm. from a lion and the max distance he could get away from the line, it took the line 100 meters to get to him. So we should name, like, that he died because he got wow. eaten by the lion after 100 meters of running. I don't think lions are native to Greece, so you got a couple problems there. But um, you know what I'm it's to a say. good question. It's a good question. Um, I don't know if I have an answer for you other than I think the death adds to mythology. You know, we're, we're fascinated with good stories like that. Um, are you a believer the 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 Philippides story that it that it that it actually happened that the guy died at the end? Are you a believer in that, or are you a are you a Philippides truther? I'm a. I didn't even. I don't even. I don't even recognize the story. I recognize yeah. science, and science says there's a certain number of inches in a mile. There's a certain number of meters in a kilometer, and that's yeah. what we should be basing our athletic feats on not some yeah. thousand year old story. One thing about that story is I, that doesn't get a lot of airtime, but should is the footwear that Philippides was wearing. It was absolutely unfair for the time. The guy who had the first leather shoes, everyone else was running in moccasins at that time, you know, really allowed him to get to that finish line, regardless of if he was dead at that, at that point. I'm just wondering when did Philippides start to hit the wall? Did he just like, was he feeling good up to 25 miles? And then just like, was like, uh Oh, I feel a heart attack coming on. <laughs> like, how fast did he ever did they think say to he, stop? How, did how he ever think to stop? Mm, that's a good question. I don't think we can time based on uh, based on going back to Philippides because he lived, uh, I think, before times, considering he died in 490 BC. He died at, at 40. Um, so... That's tough. How fast of, this is going to be some, some, some entertain, entertaining reads if I when I go back later today to really find out how fast did he do it. 
Two hours, 58 minutes and 50 seconds. Two hours. Yeah. Is that, no, you're not actually reading that, are you? I don't. I, I, I don't... This is a great pod. Mm. Just us looking at Wikipedia entries. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, let's go back and verify that later. Yeah. Get to my sources, my Greek sources. Yeah. I just think it's stupid. That's my take. Yes, it's okay, great well, to you know it, to show that you finished a marathon. It's great to see the incredible feats of what the elite athletes do in the marathon, and you know, not the the, the event should still exist. I'm not saying take anything away. I just think it's comical that we created an event out of the of a story, um, and we attached it to track and field. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, uh, you're gonna have some some uh, Philippides if that's how you pronounce it, you're going to have some some fans coming at you after this podcast, I have a feeling. <laughs> okay, so speaking of distances that seem random and arbitrary, the 110 hurdles, why the heck do men and women run different distances? What's the point of the extra 10 meters? I legitimately don't know. I'm sure I could find the answer if I just Googled it, but I've never taken the time. What is, I understand the hurdle height being different. I get that. But it, why is it necessary for the men to run 10 extra meters? Uh, because the times, the times aren't comparable. It's not like, oh, you know, it's for the times to be similar. They're not. Women run because, way faster. It's because the number of steps I think a man and women take between their hurdles is the same. But if a woman goes three steps and a man goes three steps, a man's three steps is going to be a much longer distance. And so they need to account for that extra meter of distance that the average man will go in three steps. So they make the distance between the hurdles a little bit longer because men taking three steps, it's just a, a little bit longer of a distance than a woman taking three steps. That's why. So you're saying if the men ran a hundred meter hurdles, they'd be like smashing into the, like it would be an awkward distance for them to clear or like, what are you saying? Yeah. hundred percent. They, they, they would have to stutter step. They wouldn't be able to do it. Because they wouldn't be able to do it in one less step. And if they do it in the same number of steps they do, the 110, they would be running up onto the hurdle too close. So okay, they, counterpoint, they though. Just, counterpoint, why do they run the same distance indoors then? The 60-meter hurdles. Why do they – they're able to figure that out. Uh, maybe. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good counterpoint. That's a great yeah. counterpoint. But I think maybe – once you get beyond 60 meters, the the distance change is, becomes more important. Okay. For the speed that they're going. I don't know. But then 400-meter hurdles, it's the same distance. But 400-meter hurdles, it's such a longer distance that, like, the need for you to extend it or shorten it isn't necessary because you can shorten and extend your stride over a longer distance than you can over such a short distance like 10 meters. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. Got it. We should get Grant Holloway on. He'd probably tell us. I think that's another yeah, he would. naive, ignorant statement of us not knowing the real reason. This it's entire different. episode, it's brought to you by ignorance. Yeah. That's what this entire show is based on. So not 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 the not the worst thing. All right. Do you have a uh, do you have another one? I mean, I think uh, why are hurdle heights and steeple heights different for men and women? They should just raise it for women and lower it for men and make it the same. 
raise it. Well, I mean, men and women have different jumping abilities. Have you seen the 400 meter hurdles for women? These women do not, they just step over it. There, it is so short for a lot of these women. It is ridiculous. Like seeing the, the amount of like hurdling that you really need to do. Like if you're, I mean, again, if you're like a five foot tall woman, you kind of, you're hurdling, but like most women aren't just five feet. A lot of women are like five, four to five, eight, a lot of times. And Look at just look at uh, the I mean, a lot of them will admit that the 400 meter hurdles for women are super short if you happen to be a average to above average height woman. Mm-hmm. They're just and I, I you know, it, you know, that's what I think. I think uh, yeah. a lot of the, the barriers are kind of just like accounting for this, the, you know, the shorter, you know, say you have like a population of a hundred women, right? They're all different heights. Obviously you have the super tall women. That's like the top 15%, the super short women, 15%. And then you kind of an average range, the remaining, uh, 70%. You know, I think that they, uh, I think that there's a large majority of women who are, who aren't, who don't need to be like who, who's their height isn't as much of a limiting factor that they cater to for their hurdle height specific specificities you know it's the same reason like how the hurdle heights are different for like younger athletes because like they're not fully grown yet right yeah. but if you have an athlete who just happens to be like hitting puberty earlier and they're taller their their hurdling is just so much quicker because they're able to like get over it just naturally taller than the average, you know, 16 year old. Um, but I think that, I mean, obviously it's never going to happen because change it's been set at this height for who knows how many years and there's really no reason to change it. But I do think like, you know, there is a, a, a hurdle height. Like I, I think you change the hurdle height. Obviously all the men's times would become faster and then women's times will become slightly slower because they're going over a higher height. But I yeah. do think then they're just doing the, they're doing the same feet. You know, they're they're going over the same height and they're going the same length. I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, I would have to believe that there's been some science about this. It's not like they just clicked it up a rung and they're like, "That's good for women," and they clicked it up another six rungs and oh that's the men should do this it should be this much harder i mean i think it's got to be for the average man and the average woman the average athlete i should say it's got to be the same level of difficulty but you don't agree with that not for 400 meter hurdles and what about you you mentioned the steeple as well you you think the steeple is considerably more difficult for men than women I'm not, I'm not saying it's more difficult for men. Like, that's not my take. My take isn't that it's more difficult for men. My take, it's just, like, uh, the need to, like, change heights based on gender isn't as necessary, isn't necessary. Does that make sense? Well, I would, I mean, so you're, yeah. Well, because here's the thing. Like, we're all basing it off, like, a man is just, on average taller than a woman right so they on average and also on average has i guess stronger jumping muscles than women right right obviously 
So I guess because of that, on average, like, I guess the ability to jump 30 meters versus, you know, 30 centimeters versus 35 centimeters, when you take into account the biological ability, you got to adjust it. And I understand that, but I think there's a number somewhere where it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this thought, but uh, I don't know. You I, haven't I, convinced I, me. You haven't convinced me. I'll tell you that. It, it's all based off of that. I, I just honestly think that the 400 meter women's hurdle, intermediate hurdles, it's the last peg on the thing. It is super short. And I think, I think some women would admit like, yeah, we probably could go one notch higher, but whatever. We get to be fast without, you know, I don't know. That's hmm. what I think. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think the heights are fine. It still looks like they're jumping. It doesn't look like they're just skipping over it or anything. It's not like it's those little like uh, form gates. That's that whatever those the uh, the ladder drills that that some sprinters use. It's not like they're like mini. It still looks like they're jumping. So and and doing yeah, some no, work to do it. I don't know. And I'm not saying it's. I just think that when you have taller women, it it looks a lot easier for them for them to do it than the shorter women. Yeah. But I guess right. for taller got- men, it's easier than shorter men. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm talking myself out of this take. So cool. Well, I'm glad. It, I'm glad we had that therapeutic session. You can, uh, I'll bill you at the end of the hour. Um, All right. Let's see. The race walk. Why is the race walk a thing? I mean, yeah. I, any walkers listening, I'm sorry. You may want to turn off this for the next few minutes. We'll let you know when it's safe to come back on. But reality <laughs> check like, why is race walking a thing? It shouldn't be. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even we want have to talk about it. It's not like we have a basketball league where it's like you can only walk down the court, or you you can only shoot one handed. Like, yeah, like why we don't? It there's already enough events in track and field. There doesn't need to be one that's the laughing stock of not only everyone else outside the track community, but people within the track community. Yeah, and I'm, just, I'm not saying. It, it, listen, I know their counterpoint would be – Walker's counterpoint would be like, you go out there for 50 kilometers. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to walk for for 31 miles. I know that's not easy, but it doesn't need to be an event. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. and how long are the, the events typically take? Like what's a typical 50K a 50K, race walk? God it's like it's three hours right if not it's more than three hours like i'd be like four yeah. hours yeah the world record for the men is three and a half hours so like why are we picking an event that takes that long for it to be achieved right we should that's not really a good uh fan experience right no no i can report that basically no one went to the walks in doha uh and I felt bad for the World Athletics social team because they had to be out there covering that. No one wanted to be out there for the marathons. And that's when people were running, <laughs> walking. I mean, not and, and, and not only not only is it an event on but it's an event on both the track and the roads. Why? Why, God? Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, why do you think it's still around? Like, I guess, you know, like I guess. Here's here's the thing that I think one day World Athletics needs to have a come to Jesus moment and like really analyze. I mean, 
they think they're doing that when they're changing like their the Diamond League schedule a bit. But I think they really need to look at all – how many events are there in track and field? Like 18, 16, well, the Diamond 18? League, the Diamond League has like – last year had 32, I know – uh, I mean, that's for both genders, right? So 16, I guess, but they've cut some, you know. But there's like relay, there's like main, main, there's like main relay events, but we add in the marathon yeah. and now you add like half marathons and random like 15K road races. Like you think about all of like the marks that can become official world records, right? So there's a certain number of those, right? Say it's 20, right? right? All 20 of those events are not equally 120th entertainment value for a fan like they don't all have the same number of fans there are more people who want who care about the 100 meter dash than care about the 800 right i think you could say that right not that the 800 is bad but there's more people who are fans of the 100 than the 800 there are probably more fans of people of the 800 than the hammer throw right and so in general the fandom of each of these events is different, right? I think we all would agree the number one event that worldwide is the 100-meter dash because it's the most yep. relatable. You know, marathon's probably up there because of the, the like, the practical, like, the participatoriness of that event that people kind of like, yeah. oh, run your first marathon. So anyway, yeah. you take these 20 events, and there, there are probably, of those 20 events, seven, eight, that just are losing fandom and are showing that like, hey, like, why are we still doing these eight events? Like, we're just mm-hmm. doing it because it's the, we we don't want to change. And I think that like, there's like, and I, I'm, I race walk is probably, 50K race walk and 20K race walk are probably just the least fan attended and second least fan attended events, right? So, yeah. It's like, why are we spending all this money on these events? Why are we, you know, why are, like, the sponsorship dollars are probably very limited on these events. The the fan ticket sales of watching this are limited. And it's like, eventually, you got to, if you want to be a profitable sport, you should invest your time, money, and energy into the events that are profitable, that draw fans, that draw interest, that draw sponsorship dollars. And yeah. I, I mean, Diamond League was trying to think about this when they were like, oh, we're going to cut this event and that event. Uh, but, like, you know, I just – I think that, you know, they they, 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 should, they should do an experiment. We, we just don't know the, – the, the, the world fan base doesn't really understand the true, uh, like, reality of a lot of these events because we put them all together, right? And when you put them all together, yeah. we kind of just – all, all the fandom is kind of living off of the most popular event of that day. Like all the hundred meter fans are watching the, 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 the 1500. And we're like, look at all these people who love the 1500 when really a portion of those 1500 meter fans are just there because they're there to watch the hundred in two hours. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, but then, you know, and I just think that we need to realize that some of these events aren't sustainable. That's my that's my opinion. You're saying track and field is a for profit business that's trying to operate like a non profit business, basically. It's yes. too charitable. Too charitable. Yes. Yeah. Gotta gotta and take I, out I, the the blade tool and slice up some of these events. 
Yeah, and I think that it would be better for everyone involved because these events, you, you, some of these athletes in these events can transition to other events, and then there's more money in those other events. You know, if you have a hundred dollars, splitting a hundred dollars twenty ways, everyone gets five bucks, right? But if you split a hundred dollars mm-hmm. ten ways, everyone gets ten dollars. You know, we are always yeah. talking about we need more prize money, we need more this. Well, we should stop cutting up our revenue 20 different ways, or in this case, 40 different ways because it's two genders, right? We should learn to cut it up, you know, in a smaller – so more people will get more of the pie, right? Like if you're going to start a band, you don't want to start a band with like 20 people in the band. You want to start a band with like three people because whenever you get paid, you get a third of the money, not like a 20th of the money. So that's my take. Yeah. Typically, four is the magic number for a band, Gordon, if you go through historically, but that's fine. You can say three. That's fine. But hey, I mean, Earth, Wind and Fire, I think they had a lot of people in their band. Uh, I don't know who else would have had a lot of people. But, you know, there's been some scenarios where 20, 20 person bands work. I just yeah, I track and field is currently operating at about a hundred and fifty person band. And uh, I'm saying we could <laughs> lose that eighth drummer because they're they're contradicting they're wiping out the sound of maybe the first drummer so yeah i i i totally agree with you there i mean sorry race walkers but you're you're you're, you're at the bottom you're at the bottom right now there's nobody are wondering when the race walks returning in 2020 uh except for a few family members of 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 fans controversial takes i know i know that the walking community it's going to be outraged. They, they're not going to be ready for this this episode. So, yeah, those are the things we think is weird about track and field. I might have said some things that are controversial, like shitting on the hurdle heights, which I might want to take <laughs> back now, now that I think about it. But, hey, we're just talking. It's, it's April oh, yeah. 9th. We don't have track and field for an infinite amount of time. We need things to talk about. And I'm going to spend my go. time debating if the shot put weight is – a weird number so that's what i'm gonna do hey i learned that today i didn't know how heavy each of the men's and women's shot puts were so i i learned that today i mean i'm just choosing to believe you and you were dumping on you know the guy who died running the first marathon so hey it, it was hot take hour <laughs> and that's fine we got we got some opinions out of the way it's cool well uh you got next podcast tomorrow right we're gonna have a guest can we say who the guest we will is? have a guest Keep it a surprise? No. Keep it a surprise. Just keep everyone on their toes. All right. Well, tune in tomorrow for our guest pod, and then we'll be back going again daily, starting again on Monday. But until then, we'll see you tomorrow on Friday. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye.